Welcome to the Jesus Never Ran podcast, where we hear stories of people who are making time in their lives to make a difference in this world. I'm your host, Matt Kinzera. Let's take a walk. In this week's podcast, we go visit some fierce ladies who are tackling a global injustice. It's really heavy. Just last year, we worked with 27 girls, and they all have their own story, and they all have to vent, and they all, you hear the trauma of everybody's story, and then you have to help them realize uh, that there is a way beyond all of that. Before we jump into this week's podcast, I want to remind you that taking care of ourselves is key to taking care of this world. However, it is unbelievably difficult to find the time to get to a yoga studio or to a gym, and no one likes being surrounded by a bunch of strangers while working out. You could work out at home, but it's nearly impossible to stay motivated, and let's be honest, searching for good options on YouTube is enough to make you want to give up before you start. I've got good news. TDH Virtual Experience has got you covered. Experience a class setting virtually on your terms. Enjoy yoga, boogie fit, dance fitness, and even ballet and tap dance classes simply by logging into your account. You'll have the opportunity to ask questions and receive personal answers. You will be part of a fun and supportive community without leaving your home. This is the best of both worlds. And the best part, it's for everyone, anywhere, anytime and it starts at just $25 a month. Want to check it out? Go to thedancinghouse.com and start your two-week free trial today. No credit card is required and new classes are added every week. That's thedancinghouse.com. Proud supporters of Jesus Never Ran and of Dreamers Everywhere. Human trafficking is the fastest growing organized crime in the world, generating $150 billion per year in profits. Now, before you begin thinking, hey, this is a problem only seen in other places of the world, you should know that in the United States, it is estimated that between 100,000 and 300,000 children are prostituted each year. The average age, 12 to 14. As I walk into the office of Fierce Freedom, I'm met by four of the nicest ladies you'll ever meet in your life. And I think the part that struck me as a little bit humorous is here's some people who are tackling such a gross injustice, one of the most fearful things you could ever tackle, and they're nervous about me coming and recording a podcast with them. (laughs) The dream that we hear about today is a huge and important one that affects all of us. And it started with just one person, Jenny Almquist, who was living a regular life as a wife, a mom in the rural Midwest, and then one day, everything changed. Here I was, this mom of three little kids from a place called Colfax, Wisconsin. Um, Colfax is 1,100 people, you know, so it just seemed, and here I was sitting in the middle of this big city um, and the southern hemisphere of the world just totally out of my element listening to this passionate woman talk about human sex trafficking and to be honest with you I just had I'd never even heard of it I I didn't even know Um, I didn't know that it was a thing I was busy raising my children I was um, it was felt like a punch in my stomach where I couldn't believe that um, in this day and age on my how it felt I felt like this is happening on my watch on the earth today this is happening on my watch and honestly I mean what in the heck am I going to do about this so um, you know you just start with a little that you know that you can do and um, 
of course, praying about it, and I was terrified. And um, I think since I heard about it overseas, in my and and Chris Kane was talking about the issue in Greece and the hub in in Greece and um, everything that's happening there. I thought it was an overseas issue, even when I came back home. And so I came home and said to my husband, uh, "Honey, what are we going to do about this overseas problem?" And you know, I'm sure now we've been married 28 years, and I think that he often thinks, what in the heck have I gotten into, you know? <laughs> uh, but he's always been supportive of when God puts something in my heart. He's always trusted that. Um, and he said, okay, well, what are we going to do? And, and I thought, so we started talking about it, and um, I knew that, I mean, I'd done fundraising before, I knew, so I thought, well, geez, let's raise some money and give mm-hmm. to the organizations that are fighting the fight, because... I mean, I'll never be able to fight human trafficking. So let's raise some money and give it to um, organizations that are doing this. Now, I've met many amazing people in this world who have had similar experiences to Jenny's, maybe in a different avenue, but similar nonetheless. But how does one go from helping to raise money to being a difference-making nonprofit that is helping girls transition out of this atrocity? A couple years into it, we, meaning me, I guess, started getting phone calls to come and educate. Um, and they would say, well, you know, will you come and speak to our group? Which I was doing small groups, you know, 10 people is fine with me. But I thought, no, I don't really do public speaking. And I was pretty sure that God and I had an agreement that <laughs> I would never have to do public speaking. But apparently that was a one-sided <laughs> agreement. <laughs> So, yeah, so we started getting calls from law enforcement. Um, We were able to go down and uh, speak to our attorney general here in the state of Wisconsin, and some doors just really opened up. And it was clear um, that this was something that God was doing because we didn't, none of us, you know, knocked on doors saying, can we come and speak or this. We knew this, the education needed to happen, but it wasn't anything that we were doing on our own. So, um, I'd have to say that, you know, I've always said along the way that as long as the doors keep opening and there's work to do that we're able to do, we'll keep doing it. So many times we are guilty of trying to see the entire picture all at once. We are fearful to even begin something if we can't see the end of it. But Jenny's story shows us that sometimes we just need to figure out step one. Once we find that step, step two, well, that will come looking for us. Suddenly thrust into a new career, I asked Jenny, what was the biggest challenge that she faced? Not necessarily from a logistical perspective, but what was the biggest challenge that she faced inside of herself? I'm a tremendously insecure person. So, I mean, maybe everybody in the world is, I'm not sure. But um, public speaking and interfacing with groups of people um, isn't my first natural born um, strength, I don't think. But... Um, there honestly was such a tremendous need. It's just like it, one of those burning bush things, you know, mm-hmm. that we've talked about mm-hmm. um, here in the office that there's, there's just no way you can't not step into it because it feels like you wouldn't be stewarding your life well. You know, there's human trafficking going on. We see it happening. We see the effects of it. And people are wanting you to come and talk about it. So you do it. look at organizations like Fierce Freedom from the outside, we are inspired and unbelievably thankful. 
And if we're honest, we almost put a little mental superhero cape on such great people doing such important work. However, the reality is that this kind of work is hard and it can be really dark. So I asked the whole team about this. Enter Kat Jacoby, who is in charge of marketing and program development, and Tia Janae Johnson, who is Fierce Freedom's survivor advocate and a trafficking survivor herself. Personally, there's been times where I've heard something and it has just sunk to my core, and I feel very, um, I feel shaken, and I feel, um, as a Christian and as a believer, it, it, it can be really, those are the hard questions of like, we serve a loving God, but how is this happening and how, um, like, how does this, you know, continue? Because um, some of the consequences are really devastating. And we, we talk with people who have been traumatized by what they've experienced. And um, so, I mean, it's not really like an easy answer because it is, it you are staring into the face of something that is really, um, I mean, it's humanity kind of at its worst in some ways. But I think we've talked about this as an organization, the importance of, of self-care. Um, it's not just something that we flippantly talk about. It's something that we, we do need to practice. Just realizing that there is hope and um, I think is something that encourages me and that God cares so so much more deeply than, than we do. Um, and we care pretty, we care a lot, but he cares so much more than we do. It's really heavy. Just last year we worked with 27 girls and they all have their own story and they all have to vent and they all, you hear the trauma of everybody's story and then you have to help bring them, uh, help them realize uh, that there is a way beyond all of that. And so it is, self-care is really important. Understanding that you're, for me, I think a big thing that somebody said to me, somebody who I look up to, um, she said, you're not responsible. It was actually the mother of one of the victims that we work with is you cannot, you're not responsible for their, their success. You are, you're planting the seed or you're watering it or you are um, pruning it. So it's not necessarily one person's job to do all three of those things. And so one big thing I've learned um, is that you just kind of have, when you can't handle it, you just have to give it to God. And so some, there's been times where I haven't known what to do. And so you just throw your hands up and you, you say, God, I give her to you. And uh, you just, it's crazy because you do, you see him work. And um, in, in so many miraculous ways. And since working here, I didn't understand so much of how God works. And now working with all these girls, you just see him work in little ways in everybody's life and just kind of pulling them out of that. And for me, that I God found me in the lowest point too when I was in jail and when I was incarcerated. And so coming and talking to these girls and understanding that, yeah, they're at their lowest point, but there is a way out. I'm eight years out of that. And so just seeing them seeing somebody who has moved on beyond that lifestyle and just understanding like what exactly is a choice and dealing with the shame and the guilt of that. And just that there's other people that are going through it. You're not the only one because you think nobody understands you. I feel like oftentimes we think, we see the bravery of these people who we're working with, mm-hmm. um, mostly women. Um, we see their bravery and on the other hand, we see these big obstacles in front of us that seem so terrifying. And it feels like the fear that, that they have, the women have, and what we're asking them to step or encouraging them how can we not step into the unknown right. and the, how, how can, we'd be total hypocrites. So if we have the opportunity and God's opening the door, then of course we have to step through that and have the same faith that we're asking these girls mm-hmm. to have in just a different way in their own lives. Mm-hmm. Now I know firsthand that passion can often lead to burnout. 
I know a lot of entrepreneurs who are years down the line realizing that they don't understand boundaries. They are working way more than they ever did when they were working for someone else. So how does a person keep from letting their passion, especially a passion that is this important, from ruining them? I think that we, it's a constant battle, yeah. I'd have to say. I think we have, we have things in place, you know, um, trying to only work a certain amount of hours a week. Um, but I think that we really do have a great relationship with each other too. Mm-hmm. Um, we like really like each other, and so <laughs> when we see that, you know, I mean, these guys because they know me so well can say, "Oh my gosh, you know, Jenny, did you realize that you've been sick the last six weeks?" <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, <laughs> because it's really it's like it's it's a thing, and they can say, you know, maybe you need to make some adjustments or. Um, Maybe mm-hmm. you need to start taking vitamin C or, you know, I mean, we really do that in each other's lives. We try because and I feel like as an organization, we're growing fairly quickly, too. So it's, you know, it's just trying to protect each other. And like now it's time to get another a traveling telephone so that, you know, on off hours, Tia doesn't have to have give out her phone personal. number, her personal phone yeah. number for mm-hmm. um, girls in the jail or. Um, other people to be calling her just to put some boundaries in her life um, I think are Mm -hmm. really important so from where I stand um, I guess those are a couple of the important pieces I think learning how to say no is a really big one you want to say yes to everything you want to help and just laying those boundaries I think was really hard for me at the beginning because you want to be their friend and you want to be there but you're also their mentor so I think just just saying no is is sometimes really a necessity even when you do want to say yes. Giving yourself permission to to do what feels peaceful, I think. And um, because I think if we're, we have to think of it as like if we're run out, if we're tired um, and burnt out, then we can't continue this. And so that's something like that encourages me to, to take that time. And um, maybe like I, I kind of mentioned earlier, but I, you know, I do yoga, like I, I'm involved in choir, like finding other passions that like, and there's times where I'll be like, oh, I have a choir concert. I can't do this presentation or something. And Jenny is so good. And she's like, go do that. You know, like go, um, cause we cover for each other and we kind of, you know, like kind of where one is weak, the other can be strong and stuff. And just, um, finding other passions that we have and, and allowing yourself to, to spend that time. An issue like human trafficking leads to an obvious question. I want to help. There's not a single well-thinking person in this entire world who would not want to do their part in the fight against such an ugly injustice. The problem is, I don't even know what it looks like because people are not being carried away in front of my eyes. So, so what can I do and how do I even see when it's happening? Number one, realizing that it is here and it is being aware that it's happening here. It's not just a out of the country problem. It's here in our suburbs. It's even more in the, the suburbs where it's not busy mm-hmm. um, because it can be more hidden. Um, it is under the rug, is under the carpet. Um, however, I think not ignoring it, if you see it, making that phone call is really important. Just making it your business um, and, and using your talents in whatever way. So like, let's say you're an artist and you wanted to create a, a painting and then sell that painting in for fierce freedom or for the cause. Um, so just using whatever your talent is, making jewelry or making, or whether it's speaking or um, just using your talents to, to make a difference. 
And, and I think a huge thing too is to, um, as an average Joe who maybe doesn't know what it looks like, kind of educate yourself as to what it looks like because I think there's a misconception, um, and I always say this in presentations, that we kind of think of trafficking as like a very, we'll know it when we see it, like someone who's like gagged and bound and you know, like, uh, like the movie Taken or whatever. Um, just like, oh, I'll know what trafficking looks like. But a lot of times it doesn't, we don't know, um, we, we don't always understand what's going on beneath the surface. I think it's just really important to realize that, hey, maybe my perception of what it looks like is very different. And as Tia said, just don't be afraid to be persistent, make a phone call to local law enforcement, you know, give them information. Um, and I think even in like the Midwest, we're, we're kind of afraid to step on toes, but just realize that like, if it's happening to someone uh, in your life that you're, you could potentially be saving them from a life of you know slavery and, and bondage. A lot of times you just might not know if it looks like it and you're not really sure. Um, by making that phone call and putting in the tip, um, you could be potentially saving somebody because we, we did have a situation where somebody thought maybe for a long time, um, thought that his neighbor, the neighbor kid might have been um, being trafficked or um, something was up and he never said anything and then six years later he found out um, that the the parents were actually charged with trafficking her and so um, he felt like I should have made that call I knew something was wrong and I didn't and so then he had to live with the fact that he had to live with that and so um, just making those calls when you're not sure is really important too because they will they will take your tips and they'll decide whether that's something they need to investigate or not so let them be the judge of that and you just call and make the yeah. make the tips um, I always think it's just so important to have conversations like have very frank conversations with your kids or with um, using your sphere of influence and um, just the youth in your life, um, the vulnerable people, and uh, realizing that they may be targeted, and also um, just being really upfront with them, but also not to be fearful about like living. <laughs> you know, I think that um, that's something people people get really caught up in the word of like, oh, trafficking, oh, abduction, and stuff. And yes, unfortunately, it does happen, but just. Be smart, educate yourself, have open conversations with your kids. I always tell parents, like, you need to tell your child that no matter what they do, you will never stop loving them and you will always be there for them because let's say a trafficker um, does kind of have that, is opening that relationship up with them. They're gonna use shame to control their victim. They're gonna say, no one's gonna want you, your parents aren't gonna want you anymore. So just to kind of um, have that have that initial you know conversation with them and say, nope, nothing that you could ever do would um, make me not love you and you can always reach out to me. I mean, I think that's that really does make a difference too. Yeah, and I think that just like she said, talking to your kids about it is so important because it gives you, it gives them the tools that they need to be able to spot the red flag. So if they're not aware that there's that pimps are from, if they think pimps are from cartoons or books or that they're not even real and that they, they don't know that people disguise themselves and they think that everybody's a good person, they're going to be a lot more vulnerable. And so by just talking to your kids, you're decreasing their vulnerability just by making them aware of that. And so I think that conversation is very, very important to have with your kids, even though it might be uncomfortable. This world is in need of people living out their passions, people willing to put other things aside in order to focus on that which truly matters. And for the person considering taking a risk and doing something great, 
What advice does the Fierce Freedom team have? To believe in yourself and to believe that, um, she, there's a saying and I have it actually in my, posted in my office, she believed she could and so she did. And so just believing in yourself. For me, I would say surround yourself with good people. Yes. Um, and what I mean by good people, um, people who share your vision, absolutely. Um, but also some people who might be difficult. Like, like I really, it's important to me to know that the board of fierce freedom that they can say no to me um, you know so it might be surrounding yourself with with people who are good for you maybe not that are easy for you if you have a burning passion in your heart right now I think God has given that to you like that is a gift and he wants to fulfill that dream in you um, however that looks and maybe it's not even what you think it will be like maybe it'll transform but God can there, nothing is wasted and, and God can transform that there's so many people out there that are too afraid to follow their dreams, and I think that God wants some, so much more for you. Um, we need people that are following that, that passion, um, and that's why we're all here, because I think we, we all followed the passion that we had, and that, that was from God. This is not just one person's dream, it's everyone's dream, that human trafficking stop. But everyone's dream needs some leaders and educators like Jenny, Tia, Kat, and Carrie Schwartz who wasn't able to join us. They have taught us that the rest of the steps will show up after you take the first one, and that teamwork is the only possible way to tackle a big passion. As I pack up and head out, I'm inspired not just by their mission, but also by their genuine care for one another. Because it's not just what we do that matters, it's how we do what we do that truly makes a difference. Look, I am confident that there are people listening right now who are feeling led to tackle an issue of injustice. And I pray that this podcast and that the Fierce Freedom team has shown you that what is in your heart is real and it's powerful and that what you are feeling could change the lives of real people. Do not wait. Start walking now. at Fierce Freedom. Walking like Jesus means doing that which is right and just. It means giving a voice to the voiceless and educating the masses because following your passion is fierce. You can learn more about Fierce Freedom at www.fiercefreedom.org. If you're looking for a little help getting from where you are today to where you want to go, make sure you go to our website at JesusNeverRan.com. Sign up for the walking club today, and we'll have a lot of fun going after our dreams together. Next time, we're going to shift gears and dive into a story from Jesus that shows us the first step we need to take to walk toward our dreams. Tune in next week.